Ryder and Nystrom. Nystrom's really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sandstrom. Somebody better help Sandstrom. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh my, did Mick plant one on C-card. Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. But just a minute, Al Arbor has won four Stanley Cups, so don't start telling Al Arbor what to do, you and John Davison. This is Coliseum Chronicles The Penalty Box, your source for Islanders Enforcer Talk. Welcome to episode 71, actual episode 93, and it's an episode I've titled simply Popery. There will be a little bit of everything in this episode. But first, if you're on social media, so am I, so is the show. On Twitter, the account is at Pod. on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Coliseum Chronicles Podcast and on Instagram, Coliseum underscore Chronicles underscore Podcast. So uh, check out the social media for the show. If you enjoy the program, I'm sure you'll enjoy the social media as well. When you get to the social media accounts, you will see my uh, profile picture, I guess. And that profile picture was drawn by none other than local Long Island artistic legend Joe Marisich. Joe is available for hire. Please consider hiring Joe for all your art needs. You can uh, get at Joe at Graphics Joker on Twitter or at loudegg.com. And for a limited time, I'm still going to mention the uh, the merch because I still have a discount code going until January 1st. And that discount code is HOLIDAYS20, H-O-L-I-D-A-Y-S, 2-0, will get you 20% off every piece of merchandise in both merchandise stores, which can be easily accessed by scrolling down slightly after the episode description of this very episode that you are listening to right now. But come the new year... I won't be talking about the merchandise anymore. Uh, It'll still be available, but, uh, you know, the time has come maybe to move on from that. But check out the merch, Holidays 20, listener-exclusive discount code, good through New Year's Day of 2022. Now, I gave you some erroneous information last week. I was under the impression that the 4th Line Voice podcast hosted by my friend Darren was going to be on hiatus for a while. Well, since then, Darren has come out with two episodes. The guy's a workhorse. He uh, he just moved into his new house. He's getting everything set up. And then on Wednesday, all of a sudden, there's a new episode of the 4th Line Voice podcast right in my feed, my podcast feed. It was like an early Christmas. And then today, Sunday, it's there again. So uh, there are two solo episodes. Uh, Darren, I think, uh, is doing the smart move. Uh, you know, not trying to get, uh, I know he's been in touch with some people to appear on the show. No reason to rush those episodes with the, the holiday season upon us. 
And like I said, he's busy unpacking. So he did have a solo episode on Wednesday. He did release the Sunday shit show today, which I have not had an opportunity to listen to yet. I will listen to it tomorrow morning on my way to work. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So I thought the show was going to be on hiatus a little bit longer, but uh, you can't keep a good man down. So check out the Fourth Line Voice podcast. Like I said, my buddy Darren, he is a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network, two episodes a week. And I suggest you check out his back catalog as well. Also, the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel should be um, amping up now with uh, the move complete. Darren hadn't uploaded too many uh, fights recently because uh, all his DVDs were packed up. But now he posted a picture that I saw today. I don't. I think he posted it the other day. Uh, all the uh, all the DVDs are unpacked, so I would expect some more footage to hit the fourth line voice YouTube channel. Because as we all know, if you've ever watched a fight on YouTube, chances are it was on the fourth line voice YouTube channel. So check out the fourth line voice podcast and the fourth line voice YouTube channel. Five for fighting podcast, uh, part-time only Alec Olin Salen. I think he's hunting. I saw a picture of him, uh, on, on, uh, Twitter or uh, Instagram today, holding two dead birds. Uh, so I think he's hunting. I don't know. I think he's on a, a buddy trip. I don't know where he is, but uh, that's why there wasn't uh, a new episode this week. I think he's on vacation. Uh, his latest episode was last week, I think, called Are You Happy NHL? And it was a solo episode. Uh, I think uh, it's last Tuesday seems like a blur. So I can't even tell you what it was about. I think he, it was a solo episode where he was talking about uh, – Topics, I think, uh, regarding the NHL and fighting, I think he touched on the fact that his last guest, Nico Blackman, Blackman, Blatchman, because uh, I say Blackman, but I think that's wrong, uh, that Nico was no longer with Florida, but he had uh, he'd been picked up by another team, which is great because uh, you want to see these guys in uh, in pro hockey. So I'm happy that Nico got picked up. So, uh, but uh, Alex's latest episode was a solo effort. And uh, I urge you to check that out. And I also urge you to check out his back catalog as well. What Alec does uh, a lot of the time is he does his uh, episodes live on the Enforcer Appreciation page on Facebook. So I urge you to join that page. And uh, by joining that page, you also get a sneak preview of uh, possible material for Darren's Sunday shit shows because uh, that is a never-ending source of, uh, of material for his rants, but, uh, the page is growing. I would definitely urge you to join and check out the five for fighting podcast hosted by Alec Olin Salen. That brings us to the 2021, 22 New York Islanders slash Bridgeport Islanders fight report. And we have a few entries from the last episode. Starting first with Bridgeport. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know if I gave this one last time. Uh, on this list that I make, I highlight them in, in red. And sometimes I forget. So if this is a repeat, then I apologize. Uh, the eighth fight for Bridgeport, seventh in the regular season, went down on November 24th. And that was Paul Thompson with his first bout of the year against Tommy Cross of Springfield. And uh, that's why I'm wondering if I touched on this, because I remember talking about Bridgeport and Springfield. That was the one, two, three, fifth fight 
out of seven really in the regular season between Bridgeport and Springfield. So uh, if I, if I mentioned that one last episode, I do apologize. If not, like I said, Paul Thompson versus Tommy cross, or as the kids say now, Thompson V cross. I know my kids do that. And then today, mere hours ago, December 5th, Mike Cornell gets into his first regular season scrap. If you're a regular listener, you know he got into the first scrap for Bridgeport this year in the preseason against Danny LaCroix's son, Cedric. Mike, today, fought Zach Dalpy of Charlotte. I know absolutely nothing about Zach Dalpy, but, uh, you know, good on him that he dropped the gloves with Mike, and good on Mike. Uh, Mike's getting, I think, a decent amount of playing time with Bridgeport that he uh, he definitely deserves. Uh, very few work as hard as Mike Cornell, so I'll have to uh, reach out and see how that fight went uh, or look for it online. But uh, but good on Mike. I love the job he does, and uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a Mike Cornell fan, so uh, I'm never going to say anything bad about him. I don't know how anyone could. Um, moving on to the big boys, the big club, the Islanders. Last night. Oliver Wallstrom gets into his first bout of the year, and that's his second career fight with the Islanders. And this fight, you know, the fight itself was nothing to write home about. It was really just a wrestling match. But something to be said about this, because in this day and age where there's so many new age fans that want the referees to handle everything, that want New York or Toronto to handle everything, Sometimes it's good to see that there are still some players out there that are willing to police themselves. Now, I don't know anything about Adam Ernie except the fact that he absolutely steamrolled Anthony Beauvillier last night. And Wallstrom didn't even think twice. He got in there, uh, dropped the gloves with Ernie. Like I said, not much, a wrestling match. But um, it was good to see Wallstrom do that. I'm sure he's probably pretty frustrated with the way uh, his season is going, his lack of playing time, and uh, and all that stuff. So maybe maybe it's what he needed uh, to let off some steam. But you know who noticed what Oliver Wallstrom did last night? Every single one of his teammates noticed that. And I guarantee you, uh, when they were in the locker room, everyone, you know, high-fived him, patted him on the ass, you know, tussled his hair, whatever you do, because everybody appreciates teammates like that. You know who else noticed it? Barry Trotz, and you know who else noticed it? Lula Marillo, everybody on Detroit, and hockey fans that understand that something like that goes a long way. No matter who it is, it goes a long way. But when it's when it's a player like Oliver Wallstrom, who's probably never been in, a, in an actual fight off the ice in his life, and like I said, only two in his pro, uh, well, I don't know about uh, Bridgeport, but uh, two fights as an Islander, and it's not in his job description. That stuff goes a long way. And uh, for someone like myself, I, I really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, you get the people now going, why does why do you have to fight after a clean hit? Ernie's hit was clean. Why do you have to fight? Why should he have to defend himself? He steamrolled one of their best players. And, yes, it was a clean hit. It doesn't make a difference. If you have character on your team, you, you defend your teammates. Nobody was worried about if it was a clean hit or not. Wallstrom just decided to go in there and, and get the job done. And like I said, not much of a fight, but bravo to Oliver Wallstrom for playing some old-time hockey and uh, coming to the defense of his teammate, Anthony Beauvillier. So 
two episodes ago in the um, State of the Dictatorship Address, which was, of course, a solo episode, I mentioned how I'm not a huge fan of my solo episodes. And I think part of that is because I don't know if anyone out there really cares to listen to my opinion. So I almost feel like, I don't know, is it a waste of time? I don't know. Is anybody actually listening to these? And um, because I don't mind doing them. I don't mind doing them at all. I'll talk all day. I could do these every day. But it's not the direction I wanted the show to go in when I first decided to do it. And it's not anything I would want to do long term. I don't mind doing these every now and again. But it's really not the direction I want the show to go in. And then what happens is some people listen to that episode and I get all these messages about how they really, people really enjoy the solo episodes. And, um, you know, it's a nice change of pace from the interviews. A lot of times the solo episodes are shorter. Uh, I tend to get a little more colorful maybe, but, um, okay. I mean, based on the messages that I got from, uh, some really, uh, I don't want to say diehard fans, but from some good people that I appreciate their input, that apparently um, you guys don't mind these solo episodes, so I don't mind talking. But I will say it will not become the norm. For this month of December, maybe it will. Um, it's it's a really crazy time around here. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts going on, a lot of stuff going on here that uh, I'm not really ready to discuss right now. Uh, you know me, I, I'm very much a karma guy and a, and a jinx guy. And I don't feel like really talking about it yet because um, it, it, nothing is a definite and who the hell knows what's going to happen. So, But that being said, there are, there is a lot of stuff going on here and that is doesn't even count the holidays. So um, there could be some good things happening on the horizon. So I just keep my fingers crossed, but uh, it is a work in progress. So for the rest of the month, there's no chance. I'll just tell you guys right now, honestly, there's no chance I'll have an interview the rest of the month. Um, I'm working starting tomorrow, uh, 10 days straight. So uh, I won't have time to wipe my own ass, basically, let alone do some research and and, uh, find time to record with someone. So... um, there will not be any interviews for the rest of the month. Uh, work is very busy. Uh, if you listen to this show or listen to Fourth Line Voice, you know that I'm currently working at Madison Square Garden. And for the month of December, we have one day where there there are there's not a single event. Every other day, every the 30 other days of December, we have at least one event. And there are days we have four or five events. Yesterday, Saturday, we had four events. Uh, so... It is crazy right now. Work is nuts, which is a nice change of pace from, you know, uh, the 18 months that I wasn't working. I'm definitely not complaining. I'm just telling you why uh, for the rest of the month. If you do get episodes, they're most likely going to be solo episodes. So um, but I, I really appreciate everybody that reached out to me because I know like I say it and Darren says it, Alex says it, like it's always nice to know there's someone on the other end there on the speak, listening to the speakers, listening on your uh, earbuds there. It's always nice to know that there are people out there. And um, when I, when I speak about how I don't think anyone really gives a shit to listen to my solo episodes and I get the feedback that I got, uh, it's really nice. You know, it's nice to hear. So everybody who reached out to me, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And, uh, and we'll go from there. So I know I said, <coughs> excuse me, 
I know um, I know I said the solo episodes are not my uh, my favorite things to do, and they still aren't. But uh, based on the feedback, then uh, definitely something that I, I will put out. But starting January, I definitely got to get back on the horse with these interviews here um, and uh, and get going because that's uh, that's what the show's all about. So uh, solo episodes for now, okay, but uh, don't get used to them. Please don't get used to them. Um, one thing I want to say, talking about the holidays, it's officially the Christmas season because yesterday, not only did I hear my two least favorite Christmas songs, I heard them back to back. And uh, the fact that I didn't jump off the top of Madison Square Garden is amazing. Um, for those of you who don't know, the runner-up for my most hated Christmas song and I, uh, I wanted to look this up because I, I always say it, but I don't know if, if it's a Wham song or just a George Michael solo joint. Um, Last Christmas uh, gives me douche chills. It, uh, it, it just is. Uh, I don't know if it's the echo effect throughout the song. It, it just, um, I, I can't, I can't do that song. That song is, uh, it, it's creepy to me. So that is, uh, that is my, my runner up for most hated Christmas song. And then uh, I still, to this day for years and years and decades, I've hated this Christmas song. And I actually, the first time I heard it, I thought it was a joke. I, I thought it was these people that these ladies, they got together, they sing this song and um, then some record executive is drunk and he records it. He records them. Uh, and then he hands it off to some drunk program director at some radio station. And then it gets airtime. And I know, uh, I guess it was the 70s or 80s. There was the whole payola thing where you pay for play. But how on God's green earth that uh, Christmas wrapping by the waitresses is actually a Christmas song is fucking mind-boggling to me that is it is arguably the worst song i have ever heard and uh and i heard that yesterday for the first time it is i i mean it is enraging when i hear that that's a song because everybody knows people who make music that are never going to make it big we all know some really really talented people who will never have a song on mainstream radio that run circles around the waitresses and yet the waitresses every year for a month a month and a half maybe five weeks whatever it is get airtime everywhere and it's it's just unbelievable so yesterday i did get to hear both of those songs back to back and uh what a treat so that's how i know that uh the christmas season i mean obviously you'd have to live under a rock to not know that the christmas season is upon us uh but yeah that was uh Oh God, it is just unbelievable those two songs. But the the waitress's song is is beyond reprehensible. And uh, by the way, with the holidays here, uh, I want to wish uh, all my Jewish listeners a uh, happy Hanukkah. I don't know anything about when it starts, but I know it started really early this year. I don't know why, uh, but uh, I think we're maybe halfway through. What I don't know, but I know it started. So happy Hanukkah to everybody out there that celebrates. Hanukkah. The next topic. Is it time to hit the panic button for the Islanders? Well, 
I waited until the end of the game tonight against Chicago before I recorded this. Um, people have been hitting the panic button for the Islanders for three weeks now, four weeks now, and I've always I've always been the guy that says, well, just let's well, let's wait and see. And my whole thing has been, if they can put themselves in a position to be in a playoff spot or close to a playoff spot before this stupid Olympic break and then come out of the Olympic break firing on all cylinders, I think that they can make the playoffs. And at this point, they are so far back that if they manage to make the playoffs, they would be the last team I would want to play because they are going to have to put up some amazing run to make the playoffs, which would make them the hottest team going into the playoffs. And they would be the last team I would want to play. And if that does happen, where they get into that eighth spot, I hope they play Toronto in the first round. That would be absolutely amazing. I, I really, uh, that was, uh, that scenario was brought up to me by, by a friend of mine the other night. And I said, you know, I never thought of that, but that would be amazing. So, um, you know, I don't, I posed my own, I, I posed the question myself and I really don't have an answer to it. I, you know, three weeks ago, I was telling people that were panicking, you know, just take a breath, take a breath. Now I'm not so sure. I'm not panicking yet, although time is running out. But I, I'm at the point now where I'm not going to tell anybody to not panic because if you're panicking, I, I can understand why. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. I watch this team. And I just wonder what, what is going on. I mean, tonight, you know, they played Chicago tonight. They lost again in overtime, well, in the shootout, the, the skills competition, because it makes sense to have these guys work their bags off for 60 minutes, then play just ridiculous three-on-three hockey to appease the new fans. And now this thing, I, and again, I touched on this, I think, last season, uh, where you just kind of rag the puck for five minutes and maybe get a scoring chance. Like, the, the overtime is just a waste. It, you just, all you're doing is, is trying to rag time off the clock and go go for the shootout. What is this? I don't, I don't know. It's it's definitely not anything that, uh, uh, that I like. And, of course, I only watch the Islander game, so I don't know if every team does this, but that's what happened again tonight. Both teams, Chicago and the Islanders, just ragging time, ragging time. Uh, a couple of rushes. But for the most part, it was just, let's get to the shootout. And again, you know I'm not a fan of this fucking garbage shootout. Give me a break with this. It's it's a skills competition. You know, you want to do it in the minors to sell tickets, that's fine. I, I understand it. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it down there either. But this is, this is the NHL. The shootout, to me, has no place in the NHL aside from the All-Star game, which pretty much is an abomination anyway. So, um... Uh, but tonight, you know, they, they played in Detroit last night, lost in overtime, flew home, played tonight at home. And, um, you know, it is actually one of the better games that they've played all season and arguably the best game they played at home. So it, it's difficult because I want to say, well, they're they're taking baby steps, but there's not a lot of time to take baby steps anymore. So I think the time I, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth now. Do you take tonight as a, as a step forward because they looked pretty good? Uh, they tied the game with less than five seconds left, I believe it was. And then, of course, they lose in the shootout. 
but they had they they had pressure on a lot of the night and and they looked they looked okay and um uh, a bounce here or there this is a game that they win but on the other hand there's not a lot of time left uh, there's no time for moral victory so again i give you two scenarios and zero answers so um no i, I well i'm not going to panic I, you know what i'm going to do i'm going to give it another week uh if they don't win and I'm saying this, I don't know how many games they have this week. <laughs> they could have one game this week, and then the whole thing doesn't make sense anyway. But um, I'll give them another week, and uh, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm not ready to push the panic button yet, but uh, I think it's getting close. I just don't know. I don't know what the problem is. This, this roster, you look at this roster, and um, there's some age on it, and unfortunately, the, the age... Looks like it's catching up to some of these guys. But on the other hand, when it comes down to crunch time in March and April, you want these veterans on that team. They've been through the wars before, but you have to get there first. So, I, I, like I said, I have I don't have any answers. I don't know. I, this is what I'm talking about with the solo episodes. I feel like I'm talking to myself. I'm providing these um, scenarios, but I'm not providing any answers. So, um for those of you who are panicking and who um, who feel like it's over, I don't blame you. I'm not there yet, um, and maybe that's just because I'm stubborn. I look at the calendar, and it's still December. Um, but they would have to really go on an ungodly run to, to make a run at this thing, which, you know what? Championship teams do. So I'm going to still – I'm still hanging in there. I believe, I believe in the uh, – process here i believe in lou i believe in barry although there have been some things lately that uh have me scratching my head but i do believe in the in the uh in the brass here i believe in the players i believe the team has a lot of heart so i'm not uh i'm not pushing the panic button yet but if you are i totally totally understand it brings me to my next topic so um the islanders have this brand new arena ubs arena I've talked about it already. It's absolutely stunning. It is unbelievable. Um, just beautiful. Now, obviously, I haven't been to all the rinks in the league. Uh, I've been to my share, and a lot of the ones I've even been to are no longer here. Um, I can't imagine there's a nicer rink in the league right now than UBS. And, and of course, that being said, the next new rink that goes up, will probably be nicer than UBS because everyone tries to one up themselves. It's a, I think with the, with the owners and I think it's more in football than any other sport where it's a dick measuring contest um, who can have the nicest stadium. And uh, it's almost like the, <laughs> it's almost like the sport and the game take a backseat to the spectacle. That is the stadium. Like if you think about uh, Jerry Jones in Dallas or, um, Mark Davis, the guy with the hair in Vegas, like these guys put, they build these amazing facilities. Um, Atlanta, I think has a nice one too, whatever. Um, but it's like a, it's like a, like I said, it's a dick measuring contest who could put in the biggest stadium with the most amenities and price out the regular fans. And I don't think that's as prominent in hockey yet. It's getting there though. It, it definitely is. Um, so, but, but I can't imagine there's a nicer arena right now than UBS. Now, there was always talk about bringing the atmosphere of the Coliseum to UBS. And 
to me, if you've been, and, and I might be, this is the other thing with these solo episodes, I may be repeating myself, so I apologize if I am. Um, if you've been to the old arena and then you go into the new arena, there is a drastic difference. Uh, it was noticeable with the uh, arenas in Philadelphia, uh, you know, as I'd been to the Spectrum and then going into, um, uh, going at, was it Wells Fargo, going into the Wells Fargo Center, um, there was a difference. And I'm sure there's a difference. Um, there has to be a difference between the old Chicago Stadium and, um, I don't know, is it United Center still? Or Joe Louis Arena and whatever the new arena in Detroit is called. There's always a difference. It's never the same atmosphere. It just isn't. I think it's, I think it's engineering. The buildings are bigger. It doesn't hold the noise as well. And at the Coliseum, the fans were right on top of the action. And that's not happening at UBS. Couple that with the fact that they really haven't given the fans a lot to cheer about. The fans are out of the game early. And, and it seems like a lot of times, at least with the games that I've been to, the Islanders will score a goal, get the fans into it, have all the momentum. And then the other team comes back right away and scores a quick goal and just takes everybody right out of the game. So the Coliseum, also known as the Barn, was also at one point known as Fort Never Lose because of the dynasty teams. Uh, you know, going into the Coliseum, you could just put the L up basically in the standings for the other team. Well, I've seen a lot of people uh, talk about UBS Arena as Fort Never Win or Fort Always Lose. And um, it's it's hard to argue it. It's now December 5th. The Islanders have exactly zero home wins on home ice. And I, I see people say, well, we can't have nice things. This is the hockey gods saying Islander fans can't have nice things. You have this beautiful new arena, but you can't even be happy in it. And... Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a stretch, but I mean, <laughs> how can you argue it now? They've, uh, they just, they haven't won yet at home. And tonight was the closest, I think, that they've come to winning at home. And, and again, it was probably the best game they've played at home. But is it Fort Never win? I, I, I mean, it has to be until they win, right? Oh my God, I uh, I don't know when the next home game is, so I don't know. But uh, man, these are growing pains. I did I absolutely did not expect coming into the season. Not even not even close. So um, you know, there's really not a whole lot to say about that because right now it is Fort Neverwin. They have not won a game there, and it is Fort Always Lose. They have not won a game there. Um, I like to think that everything balances itself out. And at some point, uh, the UBS arena will be a very strong home ice advantage. But uh, I honestly think some people may be kidding themselves if they think it's going to be the same atmosphere as the Coliseum. Uh, now, come playoff time, yeah, if they make the playoffs, that place will be rocking. I mean, there's no question about that. But there are plenty of examples. Like I said, the Spectrum and Joe Lewis and Chicago Stadium go just just research that it's never the same atmosphere uh i think maple leaf gardens the same thing uh the forum it's the same thing you move into these giant arenas it is not the same atmosphere but like i said playoff time let's see what happens 
God willing, it'll be a nice problem to have whether or not the, uh, the volume is crazy come playoff time. Speaking of the Nassau Coliseum, speaking of the barn, last night, now, uh, by the way, thank you to everybody for your feedback on the latest episode was with uh, Executive Vice President of the New York Riptide, Rich Lisk. Uh, I really appreciate the feedback on that. Rich, it was fun reconnecting with him. I had a, I had a lot of fun with that chat, learned a few things about Rich I didn't know. And um, last night was the uh, home opener for the Riptide this year. Uh, I think it was the uh, opening, it's opening weekend for the NLL. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the Riptide did not come away with the win, but I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the game as I was there. Um First and foremost, when you walk in, um, the first thing you notice is music. Uh, there are a lot of things I did not know about the National Lacrosse League. And uh, and actually, I did know this because I remember Rod Peterson talking about it uh, with, the, with the Saskatchewan Rush. And I, I do, now that I say it, I remember him mentioning how they play music the whole game. Uh, I did not remember that until about a minute ago. And when I walked in last night, it was just from beginning to end, it's music. And uh, not mo- most of it is not my cup of tea, but uh, it's okay, I guess. But uh, it's it's loud music, and uh, a lot of people seem to like it. So uh, that was my that was the first thing I noticed when I walked in last night. Um, the second thing I noticed, as soon as you walk in, and obviously if you're an Islanders fan, you walk in, you're used to seeing the ice down at the Coliseum. Uh, you see the turf down for the for the Riptide, and it's uh, the logo is tremendous. It's gigantic right in the middle, and it just pops right off the green turf. And uh, it looks really nice, the, you know, just as far as the aesthetics. Uh, very, very nice-looking uh, nice field they have there. Uh, you know, you got the orange down there going up against the green, and the logo looks great. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then comes time for the game. And, uh, one thing I didn't know, uh, this, I didn't know, like I said, I, I, I did know about the music. I just didn't remember, but here's something I definitely didn't know. I had no idea that the PA announcer, uh, for a good part of the game will actually be speaking to the crowd. And, uh, the PA announcer for the Riptide, his name is Colin Cosell. And uh, I did have a question I was going to raise on the show tonight, but I actually uh, reached out to him on Twitter and I asked him, uh, he basically, they played the Rochester Nighthawks last night and he spent most of the night ripping the city of Rochester. Uh, You know, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty funny. I I have to say it was, it was pretty funny. And um, I was wondering if at any point uh, during his tenure as the PA announcer, if any of, the opposing team's players or coaches ever went after him because he was, you know, and, and listen, it's all in good fun. And I don't know if, if they do it at every arena, uh, maybe they do. Like, I, like I said, they play the music in all the arenas and I don't know if every arena has a PA announcer that uh, is as colorful as Colin is. Um, but I was wondering if, if he ever had an incident, because even when guys would score goals, he would, uh, you know, make offhanded comments about them and everything. And again, all in fun, nothing personal. But uh, for guys playing a playing a game, you know, um, it's the heat of the battle, and you never know, and uh, tempers could flare. So I uh, I reached out to Colin on Twitter and I said, "Has anyone ever gone after you for your comments?" And uh, he said, "No." 
but uh, he's always got his head up. He always has to keep his head up. And uh, I'll give you an example. Just um, if uh, if this happens in another arena, probably the most intimidating guy in the entire arena last night was the Riptide coach Dan Latisor. That that guy is a specimen, and he's he's imposing as can be. And uh, if I was the PA announcer in another arena, and they said something that pissed that guy off, I would not come out of that box until uh, until the Riptide bus left because. That's a scary looking dude. And if I was the PA announcer in Rochester or Buffalo or another city and that guy got pissed at me, I think I would be like, all right, I'll wait till you go because uh, that's a huge human being. I knew he was big, but I don't think you really get a feel for how big that dude is until you see him in person. But uh, like I said, Colin did, uh, he did say he's never had an incident. uh, And uh, I, I would urge you to go it's a different experience it's a it's an absolute different experience that i've ever had to the game based on the music throughout the game based on the commentary from the pa announcer colin cosell throughout the whole game so that was something different and, and um for someone at my age 51 it took a little getting used to but it was it, it was seamless once it started a few minutes in then you're kind of used to it it's like you've always been there um these guys well, I talked about it when I interviewed Nolan Clayton about how these guys, uh, nobody's getting rich playing lacrosse. I, it's probably along the lines of uh, MMA, where you probably have, and there's no uh, Conor McGregor in lacrosse. I, I don't, nobody's making Conor McGregor money, but I'm sure there are certain players that, through endorsements, probably make a decent living, but nobody's getting rich. And these are guys who are working regular jobs during the week. And then you see how hard they go at it. I mean, watching this game last night, um, I was impressed. You know, for, for someone that's constantly talking about how, how soft hockey has become and how I can't watch baseball anymore, um, lacrosse was, was fun. That was a fun game. And these guys, these guys are beasts. And... Um, you know, the way they, the way they go at each other with the sticks and, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess you can't really line guys up and hit them against the boards like they do in hockey, because I think a couple of guys would have been absolutely dead. Uh, but there's hitting when they're going after the ball. And, um, it was, it was really impressive. It was, uh, it was eye opening. I I've said in the past that when uh, the Titans played at MSG, uh, I would go in every now and then and watch a few minutes at a time here and there. But, to watch uh, a whole game was uh, was really interesting. Um, the Riptide have a player that uh, Rich and I spoke about. And uh, I'm going to make sure that I say his name right. Not that it's a difficult name, but I'm scrolling here because I have to tell you this. So Rich spoke about a player named Scott Dominey. And I believe he had two goals last night. And his second goal was unreal. It was a shorthanded goal. He, he, uh, I mean, I can't even describe it. Uh, the best thing I can do is tell you to look up Scott Dominey goal against Rochester. I think the uh, Riptide website has there, has the full game on there. You can go back and watch it. I believe it was the third quarter. And it basically took control of the ball around... I mean, I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was center. I think he was still in his zone and just, you know, goes down the right side, cuts across center. He's got to go through, I think, two guys 
and then he just fires it backhanded. The goalie barely moved. It was it was an unbelievable goal. I, I really like I jumped out of my seat. That's how fucking cool that goal was. And um and like Rich said, you know, Scott, he's a good player. He played with a little sandpaper too, six foot, one eighty five. Uh that goal though, man, oh man, please do yourself a favor. That was an un fucking believable goal. So um <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like I wish I knew the technical terms for these you know what he did exactly if you're a lacrosse fan you're probably rolling your eyes at me right now because i don't excuse me i don't know the technical stuff but maybe it's good though because i'm not jaded i don't i don't i'm just watching it basically from the eyes of someone who's never watched the game before and it was unbelievable so um so that is definitely someone that uh, that i am gonna keep an eye on uh there's another player named uh matt marinier and he's another one that rich had spoken about this guy's a monster he's 6'6 225 and uh every time someone came near him he was he was throwing him around you know uh just knocking him over he's physically imposing against uh, a lot of these guys who are smaller and uh i i like him so he may uh He's definitely going to be uh, one of my favorite players, that's for sure, if not my favorite. But uh, but I like watching that guy play. Uh, of course, we talked about uh, Jeff T. That kid, wow, that kid is something else. And I don't even think he was the best player on the field the, uh, that last night. Uh, there were there was a guy on um, on Rochester that was amazing guy named Sean Evans of course I've never heard of him uh he was all over the place and he to me he might have been the best player out there last night but it's when 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 Teat would get the ball it was it was weird because you could almost see like the other team kind of like it was tense because you don't know what this kid's gonna do and watching him that's his first NLL game I believe he had two goals scored the first goal of the season of course what a way to start um and again what i'm saying i'm not a, i'm not a lacrosse guy so i'm I, when i say that this kid is going to be something special i what do i know but from watching it with these eyes seeing what i saw that kid is <laughs> kid's going to be something special um but you know there were other guys uh you know basically on the um on the Rochester side, I may have said Buffalo. I don't. Uh, I don't know why I said that. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Uh, but on the Rochester side, that uh, Evans was uh, was pretty impressive. Again, I, I don't know anything about him. He could be, you know, a 15 year veteran that everybody knows is good. But I, you know, he's new to me, so I don't know. But he he was really good. And um, they had another guy in the team, Katoni who um who I think was pretty good too. But um, you know, as far as the guys in the Riptide, Callum these are just names that I remember that uh, you know, I didn't take notes, so I'm just going off memory. Uh Callum Crawford, I, I was really impressed with him. Uh Connor Kiernan, I believe he had three goals, maybe had four. Uh I'm not again I'm not sure. Uh Dan McCray. I watched Dan McCray and to me, he was, I just, I watched him because I wanted to see what kind of captain he was. Cause you kind of, you know, from hockey, you kind of get the feeling of what a captain should be. 
And, um, of course, being an Islanders fan, you know, fortunate. The greatest defenseman of all time played here, Dennis Potvin, uh, captain, of course. Uh, you know, Brent Sutter was a great captain. Pat Flatley was a great captain. Uh, now Anders Lee, I mean, Jesus, Anders Lee may be the most important guy on this team and really hit home last year when he was when he was out. But Anders Lee is an amazing captain. And um, I watched McCray, and, and there was just something about him. He had this presence about him where I think uh, I think he's, he is an excellent, excellent captain. So, And again, I'm going by my hockey knowledge, uh, but McCray really seemed like uh, – like someone that uh, was it was a great leader, and again, I I watched one game. I mean, so really take this with a grain of salt. I've never watched lacrosse before. I watched one game, and these are just the guys that impressed me. So uh, Jake Fox, I think, had a really really good game. Um, let me see who else. I'm trying to go down the roster and and have my memory jogged, but uh, you know, like I said, I mentioned the Domini goal. I think he had a solid game aside from that goal. Um, uh, you know, it, it's really my fault that I didn't take notes. And it's not even like you can go, well, I didn't have a pad and a pen. Everyone's got something on their phone where um, they can take notes. But um, as far as the experience goes, as far, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I would much rather go to a lacrosse game right now than a Major League Baseball game. It's not even close. I still love the game of baseball. But uh, um, I still love the game of baseball. But I have no interest in attending a Major League Baseball game for the rest of my life. I would, I don't mind the minors because I think the guys still give a shit. But uh, Major League Baseball, if I never go to another game, I'm okay with that. And I would definitely go to a lacrosse game before a baseball game. And uh, it's definitely something. It's not a one and out, uh, one and done for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to as many games as I can. Um, I know their next game I'll be working. I won't be able to attend that, but, uh, all their games are, are on, M on MSG. So I'll be DVR in their games and watching them. So, um, there's a lot of stuff there for kids. Uh, they have this really cool part behind one of the nets where they have like, um, for lack of a better word, it's like a bouncy castle, but they don't have a castle. It's like the, the platform. So kids were bouncing on that. And then they had, uh, they have like a mechanical surfboard. So think of a mechanical bull and uh, just put a surfboard there. And uh, I know that uh, people could have birthday parties there. Uh, so I would uh, say if, you're, if your kid kind of likes that, it likes lacrosse, I, I would definitely have their birthday party there. Uh, one of the cool things is uh, they don't have, uh, the way they do their suites, I was wondering what the setup was. And, uh, and then I was told, oh, this is their suites. They put um, tables and chairs right up against the glass, right up against the boards, uh, opposite the benches, and those are the suites. And it's you know table chair set up. It's actually really cool, and um, it would be cool to sit down there one day. Uh, I of course I I won't because I don't have access to the suites. But uh, when I saw that last night, I thought it was I thought it was pretty sweet. So. Um, if I know anyone that's getting ever going to get a suite at a, a Riptide game, please invite me there because uh, it looked pretty cool. So, uh, so I, you know, I just want to say to all the people here on Long Island that are um, not lacrosse fans, obviously if you're a lacrosse fan, and, and you can kind of tell by the crowd last night, look, the thing about lacrosse is it has diehard fans. And uh, obviously it's big on Long Island in the high schools. Uh, it's a big college sport. 
and you can tell everyone was uh, like repping their school's lacrosse team or whatever it is, whether it's high school, uh, middle school, college. Uh, there were some there were some real big time lacrosse fans there last night. But for people like me that you're just looking for something different, I promise you, if you if I think it's twenty bucks, twenty two bucks a ticket, uh, get you in the door. If you plunk down. 22 bucks you will not be disappointed it's non-stop action it really it's just and, and you have to respect the athletes for for what they're doing i mean you really do it's uh um you know i could go on and on about it but i really would recommend you catching a game and if you're like me someone who misses the way hockey used to be um this is this is something good that will uh will uh what's the phrase i'm looking for it'll appease your appetite for violence um unfortunately there were no scraps last night i was kind of hoping to see one but i'm sure that'll come with time but it's just a real physical game and um and i think for for someone like me um i want to see the passion and i want to see the effort and i definitely saw that last night so um if you're asking me if you should go see the national lacrosse league i'm going to tell you absolutely it's definitely worth the money uh, definitely worth the time. At least catch a game. I think that's really all they can ask is if you go and and sample the product. Go to a game. I just don't see how you could go to a game and then go. Eh, I don't think it's for me, unless you just don't like you know don't like lacrosse or you're you're not you know like you're more of a basketball person or baseball or golf or something or tennis. Then I could maybe see you're not liking it. But if you're into team sports and you're into passion and you're into physicality mixed in with a sprinkling of violence every now and then um scoring uh maybe the music is more your taste than mine but um i had a blast i did and i i can't say it enough so uh my opinion if you're uh within driving distance of the nassau coliseum i i think it behooves you to give the riptide at least one game and uh, i think if you do that I think you will probably be a repeat customer. So uh, I know for myself, I am definitely, when I'm done recording, going to check out the schedule and see when I can get to a game again. So um, other than that, I think that's it. We're going to keep this one uh, a short episode here. Um, one thing I want to run by you people is um, if there's anyone that you want me to interview in the new year, throw the suggestions my way. Um, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook, or text, or whatever it is, uh, who do you want me to interview? Who who has been a part of this Islanders organization that you want to hear an interview from? And uh, if you throw the name out there, I can tell you whether I've reached out to them or not, um, and if they've said yes or no, if they'd rather not, or if it's someone I can't get in touch with, or uh, yeah, sure, I'll try to I'll try to reach out to them because um, you know if if there's someone out there that the people want to hear. I definitely want to bring that to you. So um, so definitely um, hit me up, social media, text, email, whatever it is. Get at me with who you want to hear from. And uh, I guess with that, I think we just crossed the 50-minute threshold. So uh, like I said earlier, for those of you who celebrate Hanukkah, have a happy Hanukkah. Uh, I believe it will be over by the time the next episode drops. Um, uh, have a happy Hanukkah, everybody. And uh, for everybody, for those who celebrate and those that don't celebrate Hanukkah, when you are out there, please stay safe.